What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. I appreciate everyone who's been tuning in for these podcast episodes on Spotify, as well as tuning in for my live sessions on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please go give that page a follow. It's at English Encore Podcast. All one word. Be greatly appreciated for any help I can get to get up to 200 followers. I'm going to be doing a jersey giveaway in just a few short weeks, so you don't want to miss out on that. And if you've missed out on any of my live sessions, you can click on the IGTV section in the profile and see the past 9 to 10 that I have done. I'm hoping by the end of today or tomorrow I'll be announcing my guest, which I'll be having on Monday or Tuesday early next week. Um, I'm just getting the time frame set out. It's going to be Matt Bove from Channel 7 News Sports. We'll be doing some Sabres uh, hockey talk. So I'm really excited about that. Just trying to work out the details of what time and everything to get things done. So stay tuned for that. And today I'm going to be talking about the Washington Redskins and not only their name change, but the scrutiny they've faced over the past few days. I'm talking about the NBA and NHL with their coronavirus cases and as players start to you know show up for training camps for the NHL or a port to Orlando to be in the NBA bubble, so to speak, um, what's been going on. And then I'll be going into my next tier of NFL quarterback rankings. This will be tier four, and we're going to be doing players 14 through 8, and then next week I'll be finishing off with 7 through 1. So I'll be starting off with the Washington Redskins. So as many of you know, just a few, little over a week ago, the Washington Redskins announced that they are going to be changing their name after years of scrutiny, you know, surrounding the name, um, just because, you know, it could be offensive to certain cultures and whatnot. So they finally announced the change, you know, with everything going on, you know, in the world right now. Um, with racism and, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything of that nature. And it's kind of been overdue for a while as well. You know, other teams like the Cleveland Indians, the Atlanta Braves, Chicago Blackhawks, all those sorts of teams have been talking about, you know, they're going to be considering changing their name. The Redskins are the first team to really actually do it. And I think it's been long overdue, as I mentioned. So I'm going to be detailing five uh, name ideas, which they could go through. But first, I want to talk about something that came out just yesterday, actually, um, which they're, you know, Snyder and Ron Rivera just released statements, I believe, a few short hours ago um, regarding yesterday, 15 former female employees um, alleged sexual harassment cases happened while they worked for the Washington Redskins. So just not a great, you know, few weeks for the Redskins overall with the name change, the scrutiny around the team. And now you have this come out. It's just a really bad look. Um, for that team and that organization who's already had a lot of bad stuff going on in their past. You know, their GM and owner haven't always been the best and well-known around um, the NFL. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with them and what's going to happen with these cases. It's definitely something that you can't take lightly. It's something that is not and should not be tolerated in the league. And the Redskins should face some sort of penalty for whether it's a fine Um, taking away draft picks you have to you know it goes for every team if something like that happens you need to be fined you need to have punishment against you because that stuff not just in the sport world but in the world in general um, can't go unanswered 
So we'll see over the next few days what's going to happen with them. Um, as far as the names go, it's actually pretty difficult because if um, there was a guy actually in Washington who went out and copyrighted a ton of different names that the Redskins could potentially use, which in one way is kind of a jerk move because now the Redskins either have to find a new name or they're going to have to pay this guy um, to get the rights to that name. Or it could be seen as very smart because now the Redskins could be giving him a lot of money. So we'll see what happens there. But um, the top five names that um, I've seen just doing my research and going over um, what the fans voted for on a few Redskins uh, posts I saw on Twitter. Top five that I saw was the Washington Redtails, the Washington Warriors, the Washington Redhawks, the Washington Red Wolves, and the Washington Renegades. So a lot of these teams, they are all keeping, you know, the, some sort of red in it for like a Redskins. The only one that really hasn't was the Warriors. But a lot of them have to do with, you know, things going on with war or paying homage to some sort of military. You know, like the Red Tails is kind of like a plane. Um, the Warriors, um, you know, Red Hawks, Red Wolves, as I mentioned. But one thing I would actually keep an eye on um, would be the Defenders. Just because, you know, the DC Defenders, which was for the XFL, I don't know how it would work necessarily as far as, you know, if Washington Redskins, not anymore, but decided to use Defenders, if that would work because it's actually different than DC Defenders, or they'd have to, you know, get the rights from them. But I think that actually be a pretty easy transition because you had some fan following for the XFL because there wasn't really a lot of football going on. And I thought the Defenders actually kind of cool name. So if you could easily make that transition, that I think that'd be a really great idea. Overall, I actually think the Red Tails is actually a pretty cool name. If I had to place a vote, it would be for that one. But I think Defenders actually could be an underwhelming favorite. There's a lot of other ones too, you know, dealing with presidents, the Capitol, because, you know, Washington's kind of the center of all things, you know, politics and um, things going on in the United States. So we'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Just a lot going on with the whole organization. I'm definitely going to be keeping track of what happens with them, um, with the, you know, harassment charges, with the former female employees. We'll probably talk about that um, either next week or the week after, depending on what, you know, happens and if there's a penalty or whatnot or what the NFL says or the Redskins make an actual statement because they really haven't done so yet. Like I said, you know, Snyder and Rivera have, but they haven't really made an official one um, from the team regarding everything. So we'll see. Um, moving on to the NBA and NHL. So the NBA is in Orlando currently. A lot of players are there. There's some players who tested positive who are just kind of waiting and quarantining and then going to go and show up at the bubble once they're done with that. Uh, Zion Williamson left yesterday for a family emergency, so we'll see um, how long it takes for him to come back if he has to follow certain protocols or whatnot. The big news for them, though, is so far everything is going pretty well. They did 322 tests just a short few days ago, and only two tests came back positive. One of them was Michael Beasley, who actually just re-signed with the Brooklyn Nets as one of their you know, extended players. Him and Jamal Crawford were their most recent signings. So they actually said that more than likely Beasley is going to not be on the team anymore. They're going to go and find another roster replacement. Um, Justin Anderson's kind of been the name that's been floating around for that spot. Guys like Russell Westbrook, Eric Bledsoe, Harrison Barnes have all tested positive as well. Some of them are, you know, self-quarantining for 14 days. And then there are others like Westbrook who are going to be joining the team later once his time is up. 
Rashawn Holmes of the Kings has to self-quarantine in the bubble because he went past the line for the campus they were on to get some fast food. And I actually think this is a great thing for the NBA because it shows how serious they're taking it. And just because you, I know it's obviously tough and you want to get food and, you know, do things on the outside, but you have to stay in the bubble if you want the season to happen. So he's going to be quarantining for, I believe, the next six days. He's already been in there for, I believe, eight. So he'll be in there for a little while longer before he can rejoin his team. Um, there was some talk amongst NBA players that there are some for us, some against that as far as there's kind of an NBA hotline where players can call and, you know, leave an anonymous tip that certain players or teams aren't following the proper protocols, which there have been reports of and there have been warnings given out apparently. Um, it's been speculated that Chris Paul and some of the other veteran players are the ones who have been doing it. Um, a lot of the NBA players were unhappy with it because they feel like you're kind of snitching on, you know, players around you but at the same time if you just can't follow a simple protocol like we have everyday people that go out and are wearing a mask to try to you know benefit the greater good of the people in the united states and try to end this thing uh, sooner rather than later and we already have people out there that refuse to wear a mask and don't want to do that and you're out there making millions of dollars and stuff to do it so if you can't just do it for that short time period and if you've actually looked at what the players have been able to do in the bubble they're going fishing they have these crazy arcade rooms, ping pong. You have Myers, Leonard, J.J. Redick, all these guys shotgunning beers and posting videos of it, which I think is really cool because it kind of gives fans an inside look at perspective of what's going on in there. And there's been a lot of players that have been doing Instagram lives or like Myers Leonard has been you know, using his Twitch stream where he plays video games to kind of interact with fans, which I think is really good um, for the NBA and for the fans itself. But overall, I think the NBA is doing a stellar job so far. The cases, like I said, are very limited. And if it continue to do that, I think it's going to be great. As far as the NHL is concerned, they're a little bit in a worse spot. Um, they just opened Phase 3 for NHL, which is reporting to training camps just a few short days ago. Austin Matthews, who previously was reported to have coronavirus, is there, so he must have already went through his 14-day quarantine. Um, this is shortly after Phase 2, in which they had 43 positive tests, 30 of which came from players showing up at team facilities. But overall, they did have 600 players tested during phase two of um, the coronavirus for the NHL is concerned and they did 4,934 test administrations with over 600 players you know reporting as I just mentioned and if you only had you know 30 to 40 come back positive obviously you want to continue to lower that number but overall it's still not too bad there have been a lot of players that have not reported to training camp because either they're concerned or you know the league or the team hasn't really announced if the player does have coronavirus or they just don't really want to make it public so we'll have to wait and see with that I think the NBA overall is definitely in a little bit better shape than NHL but we're definitely going to see in the next few weeks as these training camps progress and we're getting closer and closer to these late July August 1st start dates for playoffs for these or, or for these leagues how the tests continue to go and it's going to be very interesting to see if one player tests positive, you know, does that player then just not be on the team anymore and they can fill his spot or how everything like that's going to work. And I think it's actually great for the NFL because they get to watch both of these leagues kind of go at it and see how they handle things. It's going to be very interesting because if a player tests positive, it's like, okay, do you want the rest of the team to self-quarantine? 14 days because they were around that player 
or is it going to be that player has to go self-isolate themselves, they can get replaced, or they're just going to test all the other players on the team, and as long as those tests come back negative, they're going to continue to let them play. I think for the NFL, it's going to be extremely important to watch this because they have the biggest roster pretty much of all the sports leagues. And I think at the NFL, it's going to have a much greater impact if a player does test positive because obviously in the NBA, if a guy like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, when he's playing Kawhi Leonard, any of those players excuse me, test positive, it's game-changing, series-changing for those playoffs. Um, if they have to miss two weeks worth of games they could lose out on winning an NBA championship where the NFL there's so many less games only a 16 game span if a guy like Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady if any of those guys has positive and they have to quarantine for 14 days and miss two weeks worth of games well those two games can define you from going to the playoffs and having a chance to even win a Super Bowl so it's going to definitely be tougher for the NFL, especially with the amount of players I mentioned before compared to these other leagues. The amount of testing that's going to have to be done, the amount of quarantining that's going to have to be done, the accountability of the players going just to the practice facility and then going home after, not stopping getting fast food, not going out with their friends and family. Um, if they're getting food delivered, they have to you know make sure that it's properly checked, everything like that. So I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see over the next few weeks, especially with the NBA and NHL, if the tests continue to stay low, which we all pray and hope for, and as the league starts to actually physically play games is when things will actually start to get interesting. So the NFL definitely needs to pay attention there. And speaking of the NFL, the final topic for today, I'm going to be continuing doing my quarterback rankings. So last week I did numbers 20 through 15. I'll just give a quick recap. So at big 20, I had Baker Mayfield, 19, Kirk Cousins, 18, Kyler Murray, 17, Sam Darnold, 16, Josh Allen, and 15, Jared Goff. Today, I'll be doing 14 through 8. Starting off at number 14, there are actually going to be two quarterbacks because when I first started doing this, the New England Patriots had not signed Cam Newton yet, and this list was based on who was going to be starting going into the year, and before that, it was expected to be Jared Stidham, but with the Patriots signing Cam Newton, I had to add him onto this list. And I had him right at 14 alongside Phillip Rivers. I think they're both the perfect example of middle-of-the-pack quarterback who each year had the potential to be super great quarterbacks, be top five, while also having seasons which they could be progressively bad in, you know, the 20 range. You know, Phillip Rivers, very consistent, um, hasn't been to the playoffs probably as much as he wanted to. And when he's gotten there, he hasn't performed at a high level. I think he's going to do very well with Frank Wright on the Colts. I think it's a great system for him. A lot more pass protection than when he was on the Chargers. Um, not as many weapons, but I think the offense itself, in which Wright runs, is going to be very beneficial for him. And then Cam Newton, a guy that's won an MVP before, went to the Super Bowl, is just a physical freak of nature. When he's fully healthy, he could easily be a top five to seven quarterback. But so far, we haven't seen him remain healthy. We've seen the shoulder issues. We haven't seen what he was going to be able to do in this system. I talked about it you know, a few weeks ago that I don't feel that they're a huge threat to the Bills for winning the AFC East because Josh McDaniels hasn't worked with a quarterback of Cam Newton's stature as far as running ability. He's worked with Tom Brady, Kyle Orton, Jay Cutler, all those types of pocket-passing quarterbacks that aren't really the most mobile. So it's going to be very interesting to see. And Cam Newton's not really the Bill Belichick type of guy that you think of. Cam Newton's very outgoing, very 
you know, um, high tempo, not going to hold back. He'll say what he has to say, where a lot of other Belichick guys are very quiet, just handle your business, which Cam definitely does handle his business, but he definitely isn't afraid to let you know how he feels. So we're going to have to wait and see if he can stay healthy. And I think by the end of next year, if he can stay healthy, he'll definitely be higher on this list. 13, I have Jimmy Garoppolo of the 49ers coming off a Super Bowl year. Um, I still think we still have a little more to wait and see on Garoppolo. He obviously had a great year last year. The year before that, you know, he tore his ACL. But in the brief time we saw him, he wasn't looking that great. He was very concerned about him during the preseason. He was throwing picks left and right. And they gave him a huge contract just based off of a short stint the year before from a trade with the Patriots. But if he could continue to progress behind a strong defense, they're offense is still very high powered even with the loss of Emmanuel Sanders guy like Debo Samuel I think is going to continue to progress the running game actually does concern me a little bit because they got rid of Matt Breida Raheem Mostert now wants to seek a trade so that really only leaves them with Tevin Coleman who does have some injury history so be very interesting to see what they do there so I've him at 13 I have Matt Ryan at 12 a guy that you know has obviously underachieved when he got has gotten to the playoffs in his career. He did go to that one Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn, which they blew a 28-3 lead to the Patriots. And since then, they really just haven't been the same team. Julio's been pretty banged up. But with the offensive talent that Matt Ryan has, I just think that he should be putting up, you know, more productive numbers. And he throws the ball so many times per game, obviously every single year. His passing numbers and touchdowns are going to be up there. But I just want to see him be more efficient be able to manage games better on a consistent basis. Obviously, they're in a very strong division, and he still has some work to do, but I could expect them to be a playoff team this year, especially with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They just acquired Hayden Hurst. They have Todd Gurley now in the backfield, so and a very good offensive line at that, so I expect him to climb up this chart as well. Number 11, I have Dak Prescott. I think a lot of people think this might be too high, but so far, Dak's done a great job in his tenure at Dallas. The defense has kind of been up and down, but he has all the requisite weapons now with C.D. Lamb being drafted to them, Amari Cooper being re-signed, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL for them to take that next step. I think now that Jason Garrett's gone um, and they have Mike McCarthy in there now, the former Packers coach, um, you're really going to see his ceiling. I'm still trying to figure out if he's going to be a franchise guy. I think he can be, but I want to really see it this year now that he has a good head coach and the weapons around him. I think he was very held back by Jason Garrett, so I want to see what he does. Number 10, I have Ben Roethlisberger, model of consistency. Um, always, I think, overachieves from people's expectations. His biggest thing is obviously injuries, but I think when he's fully healthy, he's a top 10 quarterback, always leads his team to the playoffs does great things there. I think they're a AFC Championship Super Bowl contender every year he's healthy. Now that Juju's back healthy, James Conner's been putting on some weight in the offseason, and, you know, they've continued to address the offensive line and try to give him more, you know, skilled players, and they obviously have a very strong defense. Mike Tomlin, one of the most underappreciated coaches in NFL history. I think he deserves to be right at number 10. Number 9, Matthew Stafford. I don't think he ever gets enough appreciation, and it's because he's in Detroit. And it's nothing against the Lions. It's just they've never put the personnel around him for him to succeed. I think the past few years have been the um, first time he's had some great offensive weapons with Kenny Galladay really developing, you know, Marvin Jones, all those type players. You know, they had um, Johnson out of the backfield. They drafted very well this year for the offense, addressing offensive line concerns. They drafted Hawkinson, 
last year, DeAndre Swift this year to help create a good one-two punch for him. I really wish they would have put more pieces around him when they had Kelvin Johnson and Reggie Bush in his prime, but we're definitely going to get to see now what Stafford could do now that he's fully healthy, recovered from a back injury. And then at number eight, I have Carson Wentz, the guy that is all potential in the world, but injuries keep seeming to derail him from getting to his full potential. He would have won an MVP and probably would have won the Super Bowl had he not gotten hurt and Nick Foles came in and did a phenomenal job. Um, same thing the year after. He gets hurt again. Foles comes in and wins a playoff game. And then last year, he doesn't even make it through a full game, and Josh McCown has to come in. So the big thing for Wentz is he's been doing great in the regular season, putting up numbers that a lot of people haven't seen with weapons that always seem to be hurt, whether it's Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, whoever it may be. They went out and drafted Jalen Rieger, acquired Marquise Goodwin. Miles Sanders really blossomed for them. I wouldn't be surprised if he signed a veteran running back like LaShawn McCoy to help them out as well. Resigned Jason Peters just last week. So I think Wentz has all the tools to be a top five quarterback and an elite quarterback in this league. It's just all about taking that next step. And once you get to the playoffs, being healthy and being able to perform at the same level you do in the regular season. So that's going to be my rankings through 14 through 8. So next week I'll be doing 7 through 1. There's only 7 quarterbacks remaining. So you'll have to wait and see who those will be. That's going to do it for this episode. I will be back on Monday. I'll be talking about the Bills and their naming rights change now as them and New Era have er, mutually agreed to part ways with one another. So that'll be very interesting to see. I'll be continuing to do my list, which I started last week, of one player that the Sabres should sign from each team that's a free agent. So I'm going to continue to do my next eight to nine or so of those. I'm going to be talking about the Bisons once again as they've been now had new reports. That there's a very good chance the Blue Jays could be playing in Buffalo this year. So I'm going to be doing some more research on that and getting some more in-depth of how that would look. Um, once again, stay tuned later today or tomorrow when I'll be posting a time of when I'll be going live with Matt Beauvais from Channel 7 Sports talking about the Sabres. It'll be Monday or Tuesday next week. Not sure if time's yet. I will get it out for sure by tomorrow, um, if not by the end of today. Um, appreciate everyone for tuning in. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. Please go give at English Encore Podcast a follow on Instagram. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Yeah.